Hi everyone, thanks so much for roaming back to my podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, I wanted to thank you all for your incredible feedback on my last podcast where I kind of delved into a bit more detail about my diagnosis with endometriosis and your support really did mean the world to me, so thank you for that. Um, you know, when I look at my window right now, the city is, is looking a little different these days. The leaves are changing into vibrant red and orange, and the sky is becoming more gray and cloudy, which is fine. Um, if you know me, you know that I don't mind a cloud or two. That means the rain is getting close to making its appearance, and we all know how much I love the rain. So with that, sometimes with the change in seasons comes uh, an, an inevitable change in emotions and feelings. Um, outside of a pandemic, we would often see these changing emotions or feelings as something, something that would come around when the sun went down faster in the evenings or um, when the weather turned a little bit more crisp. For myself, a person who already disliked change, a new season would always bring about a different feeling for me. A feeling of uncertainty and anxiety and normally this emotional change in the fall would be easy to talk about with others because I would either be at work or on the weekend with friends we were all going through this the same things the similar feelings this this change in emotion and it was easy to talk about we wouldn't shy away from being open because we knew that the feelings would eventually dissipate because we would be talking about it, making room to be excited for winter activities, holiday magic, and Christmas celebrations that we would always look forward to. And it's as if we were prepared each year to have a month or two to grieve summer. I think a lot of the friend groups that I have, we know that changing seasons can create these emotional changes, but we always know that something is around the corner that we can look forward to or you know, escape our reality with going somewhere or going to a coffee shop, things like that. For a lot of us though, addressing these emotions at some point in the season would eventually occur or they would eventually dissipate because we were able to preoccupy our minds with doing something outside of our apartments or homes. We had the option to distract ourselves with a coffee with a friend, an intramural sport, a walk or run in our neighborhood or a dinner at our favorite restaurant. The feelings of grief for summer would eventually go away or be lessened because we were making new memories. We were able to move through the season of change through distractions, events, laughter, movement, and progression. We were able to recognize that the new season was in fact beautiful and that our emotions about the change were just quote unquote seasonal. Now we sometimes hear the term seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder. Um, a, a description basically that relates our emotions and feelings to the changes in season. And it begins and ends around the same time every year. And if you're like most people, symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, usually zapping our energy and making our feelings more heightened. Some of these symptoms may include um, losing joy and interest in activities you once enjoyed, lower energy, sleeping problems, and so on. But the ebbs and flows of life would create somewhat of a distraction during this time, or at least we had options to get out of our heads for a while. But more recently, we've been finding that we've been suppressing these emotions that return every season, suppressing what we've been feeling. And I think this is because we don't have the luxury to become as easily distracted by work or events or friends and family. We don't have that luxury to go to our favorite restaurants to have a long talk with a friend outside of our apartments. 
We don't have that luxury to be in a room with all of our friends and family members at once. Removing these luxuries and, I guess, distractions due to a pandemic has caused a lot of us to avoid addressing our feelings and emotions head on. During a global pandemic, I think a lot of us feel as though we can't talk as openly or freely about our emotions like we used to. Maybe this is because we know that a lot of people are going through a lot right now, whether that be you know a job loss, a death, family crisis, or a retreat from that own person to focus on their own well-being. We don't want to create more worries for the person we're sharing with or seem like another burden on top of everything going on. I think a lot of us also don't want to bring up negative emotions or feelings, even if we feel comfortable enough to do so, because we want to keep those light and cheerful moments, well, light and cheerful. We want to keep a happy or serene moment pure, away from bringing negativity during an already hard year. So what do we do? We continue to suppress our emotions, bottling it up for another day. We know that we're feeling something, yet we know we have to be strategic with who and how we share our emotions due to the fragile moment we're living through. So when do we address these bottled up emotions? It's hard to say. Sometimes it's normal to forget that they're there when we're distracted, but sometimes all we can do is force ourselves these days to keep busy while we forget the bubbling beneath the surface. And that can be harder said than done because Well, these days it's harder to keep busy. Without talking about these bottled up emotions these days, it can become harder to recognize when certain aspects of our lives aren't serving our needs. It can also become harder to recognize the physical impact that these suppressed emotions may be causing. Our negative thought patterns might not make logical sense right now, yet they have a powerful grip over us, even if we don't truly see all of its impacts. Research, we always know, has linked suppressed, or suppressed emotions with mental health factors like stress, anxiety, and depression. Now, if we're suppressing these similar emotions, stress, anxiety, and depression, it can build to an extreme where it eventually explodes or feels as though we can't handle a situation like we normally do, feeling out of control or not like ourselves. Living through the sensation, I can tell you right now that the door will be open where one day you'll have to address these emotions head on. There will always be a moment where there won't be any more room to hide what you're feeling in that locked room inside you. I'm saying this because this happened to me this week. All of the emotions that I've been feeling and probably since August had finally come to the surface, unannounced and ready to be dealt with all at once. I felt not like myself at all. I remember going to a friend and saying, I just don't feel like myself. I don't feel in control of my own body because all of the things that I'm feeling are coming up at once and I can't identify one over the other. All these emotions had arrived with the changing season that I had always dealt with and I was stuck addressing it head on. If we don't deal with the emotion when it occurs, it will resurface as emotional toxicity later on. I want to state that it's normal to bottle emotions, and we've all done it. I think a lot of us are doing it more lately, and I don't want you to feel out of control or not like yourself when the day comes when they're ready to be addressed. So to equip ourselves and to learn how to deal with these emotions by ourselves right now during this time, because I think it is hard to reach out to people right now, I've kind of brought up four things that have helped me to address what I'm feeling and to help the healing process on my own. 
I want to acknowledge that this process has helped me and is not going to fit everyone's needs, but it can hopefully act as a guide or stepping point to get you to a point where you feel equipped to deal with what you're going through. The first thing is identify the way that you're feeling. Give a name to the pain. Like I talked about with my endometriosis podcast, I, I felt relief when I actually had a name to the pain that I was going through. When you're living in this bubble where you don't know exactly what's going on or what the name of what you're feeling, it can get overwhelming. When emotions come up, oftentimes they're accompanied by other feelings. Stress can be partnered with anxiety, which can sometimes get muddled. When they're muddled, it can be harder to articulate exactly what and how we're feeling. Every time you feel an emotion or feeling, use the magic phrase, I feel blank because I choose to feel this way or because it's safe for me to feel this way, but I'm ready to let it go now. Giving it a name makes it more manageable. It allows you to truly know that that emotion is coming through and it allows you to process how to actively address it head on. For me, if I can identify I am feeling stressed right now, I'm gonna move my body. Or if I'm feeling anxious right now, what is causing that anxiety? If I'm trying to deal with stress and anxiety at the same time, well, that's when it gets overwhelming. The second thing is online shop, JK, JK. (laughs) The second thing is to write in a journal. Now, I always looked down on journaling. Honestly, I did. I, I didn't know how people had the time in their day to sit and to get into their head and to write it down. I thought it was pointless, truly. But after a few minutes um, of writing in a journal, I got to the core of what I was feeling. I would start by just jotting down what I did in the day. Like, oh, it's, it's fall today and it's really nice in the city, but oh, the city was like, oh, and there's all these stories came out, right? So I would start by just jotting it down. And at the end of it, I got to what I was, I was feeling. I, I was able to write a paragraph about my emotions and it led to uncovering some of the triggers for what I was feeling. If you don't know how to start with journaling, then ask yourself, how do you feel at the moment? What kind of person am I in this situation? Or is there something that I should understand about the situation that I'm in? These are just kind of some prompts, but there's tons of them on the internet that you could just Google, you know, how to, get, how to release emotions through journal prompts. And that's, that's really a good starting point too. The third thing is motion unleash, unleashes emotion. So I'll say it again, motion unleashes emotion. Feeling a lot of things at once can feel overwhelming, like I said. If I sit and let it fester all at the same time, like I'm sitting on my couch and just like getting in my head, I get more in my head and more annoyed at myself that I can't pinpoint exactly what I'm feeling, sucking myself into a trap that now adds laziness to the list of things I'm feeling. What I've noticed is that if I take the time to move my body, to focus on jumping, running, dancing, shaking my arms, the energetic blocks that are in my body have a chance to become unstuck, making it easier to address one emotion at a time. A song to help with emotional movement may trigger one of the many things that you may be feeling, allowing you to address it when it comes forward. But moving your body, I think, gets you in a headspace where you're ready to address something. You're getting those endorphins flowing and getting that, that good energy coming that you can say, okay, I'm, I feel physically ready to address what I'm feeling emotionally. The final thing I'll say is that 
I don't want you to hold judgment on yourself. I know it's hard for us to think poorly about why we're feeling a certain way, especially when we can't quite articulate what we're feeling. Sometimes I beat myself up on top of everything I'm feeling because I know that I'm fortunate to have other things in my life, that I shouldn't let emotions get the best of me. But in the healing process, it's important to not hold judgment on ourselves. It's also important to realize that the most important way to release emotions that we've been suppressing is to feel them. I don't know if you remember the movie Inside Out. Um, great film, super cute. A film that had different emotions that helped the main character, Riley, navigate situations in her life. There was disgust, joy, sadness, anger, and fear. All these little mini characters that were living in her brain. Now, Joy always wanted sadness to stay in her circle. That, you know, she, she didn't want sadness to touch anything. Because if she touched something, a memory or, or an activity, then she would find that Riley's mood would go down. Well, a bit of a spoiler here if you haven't watched the film, but in the end, sadness was in fact needed to solve the day, to save the day, I should say. Sadness needed to be felt for Riley to come to conclusions that were confusing in the moment. I think suppressing sadness and hiding her in the circle and making her not touch situations made things kind of fester, right? Because you can't just deal with disgust, joy, fear. There needs to be other emotions that help with the process of what you're going through. And Riley needed sadness in order to feel joy again. You're feeling a certain way for a reason and your feelings are valid. I'll say it again, your feelings are valid. So I challenge you to stay with your emotions in a judgment-free zone. You can observe your body and see where the energy is stuck. You might feel sharp pain, muscle twitches or tension, but just stay with your feelings for a while. Not letting them take over, but processing in a judgment-free zone that emotion and let it come and go and you're feeling one of them right now. Don't judge or think about what you feel, just be present. Remember, it's okay to feel sadness and to let her in in order to feel joy. I hope these tips help. You have the right to let go and express your feelings. I know it can be tricky to figure out and to fight the instincts that have you swallow how you feel. Creating the person you want to be is about learning who you are, what you like, and how you feel. It's okay to go after sadness. It's okay to get her out of that circle. It's okay to run after grief to really acknowledge how you're feeling and to process that emotion. After a certain amount of time, it may feel like your emotional processing session has run its course. Whether you've been feeling your feelings for five minutes or a week is irrelevant. The fact that you've been self-loved enough to even attempt to feel your suppressed emotions is commendable. Take action on anything new that you may have learned about yourself in the process, but in the meantime, be kind to yourself. You're going through a lot more than we're able to process right now. And I really do want you guys to feel like you have some of the tools, not all of them, they may not all work for you, but to try some of them this week if you know that you're kind of feeling not yourself, not able to identify what you're feeling and to get those suppressed emotions out to feel a little bit lighter. I hope you all have a great week and we'll talk on the next one.